Amen, and praise the Lord for that. He is forever ours. It's that uh, amazing grace that comes and it sets us free. There's many of us sitting in this room that were at one time entangled with chains of sin, and we have now been set free by the gracious gift and bloodshed of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you'll take your Bibles this morning and open them to Romans chapter 2, verse 17. And as you're turning there today, we're going to be looking at where Paul was writing to that Christian church in Rome. Uh, Today, he was writing to the Jews, and Paul wrote to the Jews and informed them that their accolades is what condemned them. The Jews had many things that they held on to, and those things that they held so dearly to is exactly what was the uh, factor in their condemning. And in today for us, I want us to understand that accolades that people carry are sometimes the very accolades that cause them to not realize their need for Jesus Christ. And when we leave here today, I want us to understand that it's not our accolades that save us, but it is a relationship through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's take a look, if you would stand with me as we look into Romans chapter 2, verse 17. It says, but if you bear the name Jew and rely upon the law and boast in God and know his will and approve the things that are essential, being instructed out of the law and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind a light to those who are in darkness, a corrector of the foolish, a teacher of the immature, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and of truth. You, therefore, who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that one shall not steal, do you steal? You who say that one should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, through your breaking the law, do you dishonor God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, just as it is written. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, I just pray that you would speak to us this morning. Father, I do believe in Holy Spirit and the power of Holy Spirit, Lord, and I just pray now that you would anoint me, Father, to speak your message this morning. And Father God, I just pray everything I pray in the precious and the most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I read a story one time of a, it was telling the story of a zoo. And this zoo had a reputation And their reputation was they had all kinds of different animals in this zoo that you could come and see. Well, of course, they wanted to uphold to this reputation at this zoo. And one day, the gorilla died that was in the zoo. So the zoo got together to determine what they were going to do. And they decided that they would hire a man. They bought a gorilla costume And they put this man every day in the gorilla costume so that he could go out and be the gorilla. 
Well, when he first put on the costume, of course, a man, he didn't know how to act like a gorilla. He was a little nervous when he went out there and he had the costume on and trying to act like a gorilla he didn't see and he tripped over the ledge and he fell into the pit with the lion. Well, of course, thinking I am a goner now for sure, he begins to run around and yell for help and to flop all over the ground and do everything he could to get out when he all of a sudden heard the lion speak to him. Hush, man, before you get us both fired. (laughs) Sometimes what we portray is not necessarily the fact. Today, we would call that hypocrisy. And that's kind of what we're looking at a little bit this morning in this, but I I want us to take a look at three different things. The first thing I want us to look at are the five accolades of the Jews. The Jews that they were writing to, they held to these accolades, these things that were given to them, these special things. And let's take a look as we look there at verse 17. It says, but if you bear the name Jew... So the first accolade is their name, a Jew. And it was very obvious in their day, more than it is today, that they would walk around with this Jew mentality. They would walk around how they were better than everyone else, almost as if they would have it embroidered right across the front of their shirt, I'm a Jew. You know, it was something special. Yes, we understand that. They were Jews. They were God's chosen people. But what Paul is trying to get them to understand is here is just because you are a Jew does not believe that you are a believer. Just because you are a Jew does not mean you're going to heaven. Just because you walk around and you boast about that and you're proud of being a Jew, you need to to look at it and understand that it's a heart issue, not an outward issue. And I want you to notice how each of these accolades are outward issues. He moved on from just saying because you bear the name, because you hold it. He says, and you also rely upon the law and boast in God. These Jews were possessors of the law. The Ten Commandments, the Old Testament, the law and the covenant was given to the Jews. But Paul's saying just because it was given to you doesn't mean that you're a believer. Just because the law that you hold doesn't mean you're going to heaven. The law that you hold is the law that sets the standard for right and wrong. It also talks about how they boast in God. You know, the Jews felt that they were privileged, that they were God's chosen people, that God would have set them aside from everybody else in the world. So they wear that, I'm a God-chosen person. I'm a, a Jew. We have the law. And then he moves on there and says, and you know his will. You know his will. They knew it. They had been given the law, but this word for no, there's several different no's in the Bible. And the one that Paul is using here is the word for no that connotates no through experience. You see, as a Jew, they had experienced the law. 
their ancestors, uh, Isaac, Abraham, they were all there, and a group of them were the ones that come out of Egypt. Their ancestry, they know they've experienced, they've experienced God working in their life. And they hold on to these things, and they, they boast about them. And then it talks about, uh, verse 18, that you know his will and approve these things that are essential being instructed out of the law. They had a confidence. They had a confidence. They rested in this law that they were given. They rested in their name as a, a Jew. They rested in being able to have that name, to be able to possess the gospel because if you hear they're setting something up, do you notice that? I'm a Jew. Because I'm a Jew, I can bear the name Jew. I can maybe hear him saying, and you cannot. Because I am a, a Jew, I have the law. The scripture was given to the Jews first. They say that they are God's children, and if I am God's children as a Jew... That means that there's someone who's not. And then they move on there that I have the knowledge, I have the experience as a Jew of what this is, which means what? Someone else does not. They have a confidence in the law and what it states. As a Jew, they hold to that confidence. Do you see that maybe in their own way, remember a few weeks ago we talked about judging others? Within their own way, as a Jew, they are judging others that are not. Remember, there's two classes of people. We could say there's a Jew or a Gentile. You're either the Jew or everyone else. And as a Jew, since they hold all of these things and they're special to them and they boast about all these things, they're judging that as a Jew I have this and as a Gentile you don't. So what I want us to do next is to look at the five accusations of the Jews. If the Jews have these five things, they can carry the name Jew they possess the law. They boast in God that God is their God. He's the only God. He's the God of the Jews. They boast in their experiential knowledge of what God has done in their life. Just look at the history of the Jew and then in their confidence within that law that was given to them in their own way, they're being a self-righteous judge onto the others. And what I want us to look at, because the Jew has these accolades, these accolades are what's condemning them. Now, we're not talking about the believer necessarily here at this moment, just the, the Jew in general. He's writing there to understand why there's a need for the gospel. And then they want to look at the Gentile. They have accusations. Because I'm all of these things... Let's look at how I, we might could say how they are looking down on the Gentile. Look there in your next verse, verse 19. It says, confident that you yourself are a guide 
to the blind. They're thinking that they are the ones that are to be the show. They need to show someone where to go. They need to look down on the Gentiles and say you need a guide. You know, a blind person doesn't get around very well without someone helping them. They need to be taught. They need to be showed where to go. I think I probably shared with y'all one time a story about my father-in-law. He used to work with a lady who was blind, and he loved to play games with her. And you know if you are ever helping a blind person, one way you do that is you walk just a little bit in front of them, and they'll put their hand on your shoulder, and they'll follow along, and you can figure out where you're going. Well, my father-in-law had a tendency they would be walking along, and every now and then he'd just do like that, like he had stepped off something, and she'd stumble because there wasn't nothing there. But she'd hold on, and she finally figured out he liked playing games. But blind people, in some sense, need help. They need to know where they're going. And the Jew, with all of his accolades, are saying, I'm the one who can show you. I'm the one who can lead you. They were blind in their understanding of the law, and they were unable or unwilling to perceive or understand it. Just like today. You know, there's some people who just don't understand it without a little bit of help. And there's some that just flat out say, I don't care. I refuse to understand it. But the Jew is looking down on the Gentile because he has his accolades that they need help and he's confident that he's the one to do it. The Jew is so knowledgeable, they're so great that they're the ones to help the Gentile. But we also see there that the Gentiles in their mind, it says that Verse 19, that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness. I mean, what a way to say about somebody in a judging sense. The Jew thinks that the Gentile, not being a Jew, he doesn't have those five accolades we listed. He's in darkness. He's out of the light. He's not the, the chosen one. There's no illumination in his light. Well, you know, it's my job as a Jew to help these Gentiles, these poor little ones that are blind and living in darkness. It's all about my accolades and what I can do for them. Not only did they call them blind and in darkness, but look at verse 20, and it says a corrector of the foolish. The Jew with his accolades thought how foolish these Gentiles are and how great I am. I'm the one that needs to come along and help because you see, I'm a Jew. I'm God's chosen person. I wear the ones that possess the law. And these foolish Gentiles, they don't know what's going on. They needed to be a corrector. You see, the Jew is so good, he's the one that can correct. In their mind, the corrector, he is to admonish and to correct them. They're thinking that these Jews, they, they lack judgment because they don't know the law. They don't have the law. You begin to see this sense that's going on with the Jew. We also can see where he talks there that they're the corrector of the foolish and a teacher of the immature. 
an immature. How do you want me to come along and call you immature? While they might have been because they need someone to help them, it's the attitude of the outward expression of this Jew that they are immature. They are exhibiting like they're naive, they're childlike. Guess what? Everyone is childlike at some point. Even a new believer is childlike till one comes along with a loving heart and it pours into them. But it's not with the boastful attitude. It's not with the condescending looking down way that he's talking about here. He says that they were immature. Then it talks about the Gentiles were not showing signs. They didn't have the attitude of a Jew. They didn't have the attitude of the law. It talks about the embodiment of the knowledge of the truth. What is that embodiment? The outward shape, the shape of a Jew. But no, what they're really looking at here is the Gentile has not been formed into a God-fearing person. You see, the law shapes the mind. Would you agree with that? God's word shapes your mind. God's word also shapes your heart, who you are on the inside, who your actions are. And this kind of knowledge, this embodiment of the knowledge of truth is a slightly different word. This is one that is a knowledge through learning. You see, each of us in here can learn something. We have teachers in here, and you teach into people. We have Sunday school teachers who teach the Sunday school lesson. We teach our children, and we can learn knowledge through teaching. And they're saying that these Gentiles don't have that embodiment of the teaching, but you notice how they're using a teaching in the sense of knowledge versus their knowledge was through experience. You see, we're still getting this little bit of higher and better than attitude. See, we get knowledge as we experience God and as we grow. The knowledge uh, resulting from being taught and the Jew boastful is there's no way they're going to find out unless I'm the one who does it. So we have these five accolades of the Jew. And then we have the five accusations of the Jew. And I want us to look last at the five affectations of the Jew. Now, what is that word affectation? I'm glad you asked because it took me a while to find it. Basically, it's a hypocrisy. Okay, these Jews are boastful in what they are, but yet they don't always uplive to what they preach. I know none of us know anyone in here like that. Let's look at verse 21, Paul writing, and he says, Therefore, so he's looking back now, at the things that we just looked at. You have your five accolades. You think you're better than the Gentiles, and here's your five accusations against them. Therefore, since you're so pompous and you're so arrogant, let's take a look at you. I can kind of see Paul saying it that way. You know, he's one to just get up in your face, tell you how it is. He says, you therefore who teach another, do you not teach yourself? See, they were teachers. But often they didn't teach themselves. 
Do you know to, to truly teach something, you have to have taught it to yourself first. I remember being in mortuary school, probably the number one thing that helped me the most is we would be in class and I would take my notes and every evening a group of us would get together and we would have a study session and the things they didn't understand that I did, I would teach them out of what I studied. I would sit down and take time to make my own test and then I would share that with them. And being able to teach something, you have to know what it is. And that helped me in growing there and to understand. So Paul's just kind of calling about, and he's not accusing all the Jews of all five of these things, but some of them would fit to some of them. They were teachers, but yet they refused to teach themselves. We also see that they preached to others, but did not listen to themselves. You know, they say when you're studying and preaching, one of the main things is you can never preach a sermon that you hadn't preached to yourself. Many times when I'm in my study and I'm going over these things, God is talking to me. I have to work through these issues too. I don't stand up here today or any other day with a boastful attitude that I've got all the answers and let me tell you what it is. I've had to deal with these exact same things in my life. In my study, I have to understand them. I have to let God change me before I can come and proclaim to you. So they were preaching to others. He tells them there that you who preach that one shall not steal, do you steal? You know, you preach to them, hey, don't do this. But yet many of them were doing exactly whatever it was that they wasn't teaching. Whatever they were preaching it also says that they did not believe in adultery yet committed adultery themselves. Look, he goes on that you who should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? Here you are, Jew. You're out there boasting in all of your accolades of who you are and what right and wrong is. Are you still doing it? You go out there and you pick up and you talk about that adultery is wrong. Do you commit adultery? Some of them were in the very act of adultery. Some of them will probably fall in that line of when Jesus taught. Remember, we said this a few weeks ago that he goes beyond that. He says, for every person who even looks that a lady lustfully has already committed adultery with her inner heart. So Paul's saying, look at yourselves. Are you being hypocritical? And then he says, you who abhor, abhor idols, do you rob temples? You see, they did not believe in idols. What is he talking about here? If they don't believe in idols, what is he talking about robbing temples? Well, most likely they were talking here about pagan temples. Pagan temples would have idols. Many of those idols would be made out of precious metals or, or stones or wood or different things like that. And why yet some Jews or all Jews would say, there's no room for idols. Idols are bad but yet they would be willing to take some of this gold or silver that had been stolen and maybe melted out, and they would put in their shops and they would sell it. You know why? They get a little bit of money for it. Now, I don't have nothing to do with idols, but I'll sure make a profit off of one. 
You see, it's not always just going and stealing an idol for yourself. It's what they were doing. Many of them in their businesses would, would use those things, and maybe some like the way that they looked. Who knows? But he's saying you can't say that you disagree with something and yet willing to make a profit at the same time off of that. It says, you who boast in the law, though you break the law, do you not dishonor God? They boast in the law, yet they did not keep the law. The law, we have the law. We're the possessor of the law. But yet they wouldn't follow it heart to heart. Wow. What a Jew. Would you call him a hypocrite? Just kind of like that zookeeper. You know, he's going to do whatever he can to uphold the look when it's not always what it is. Well, Christians, I'm here to speak to us today. You see, there are people who are maybe not Christians, sheep in wolf's clothing. There are people today who boast. I'm a member down there at Mount Olivet. Got me set up pretty good. God's moving in my life. He's doing many great works. Look at me. I have a, a Bible. I have three or four at my house. Just don't come look at the dust on them. Carry the big Bible up under your arm. You see, people have accolades all around us, and so many of those are what condemn people because just as the Jew... The Jew claimed to have the word of God. Well, guess what? If God gave them the word first, they're held accountable first. They have the name Jew because they're God's chosen people. Then they are the ones that should be living that life. They have the knowledge because they've experienced it. They should be the ones doing all these things that they should be doing. How many do we know today that plays the game? The religion game. You see, it's not a religion. It's about a relationship. Us having a copy of God's word, great hallelujah, praise the Lord, but we are responsible for what we hold in our hand. We are responsible to let this change us. God took the time and the effort to give it to us. God has had his ability to keep it down throughout all of history, all the persecution, all the denials, everything of the Bible, but yet it is still true. No one has never proved it wrong. We have a copy of it. We should be holding it. There are some out there who carry the title Christian that are not Christians. See, a Jew, as we're going to look at later, a Jew is one who is one inwardly, not outwardly. Anyone can stand up and tell you, I'm a Christian. And there are many who will say they're a Christian, but yet they fit right into one of these categories. As true believers of God and as Christians, we need to make sure very carefully in our life that we are not living hypocritically. We're not holding on to the accolades of Christianity. 
Do you know why? Why is it so important for a true believer to live the life? Well, the best answer I can give you comes from God's word. Would you agree with that? Let's take a look. Verse 24. Paul writing to the Jews, and he said, For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, just as it is written. The Gentiles were looking to the Jews to be the example. And because they were preaching one thing and living another, the word of God was blasphemed. The idea of the gospel was done away with in many of their minds. So why is it so important that as Christians we live the right way? Because we have the responsibility to live because whether you want it, whether you like it, or whether you realize it, non-Christians are watching us every single day. And there are, I have heard, there are non-Christians who will tell you, if that's what it is, I don't want no part of it. You can live like that during the week, but on Sunday, you're going to live like that? That doesn't make any sense to me. One of the saddest things I've ever heard come from a waitress. Somebody was asking her one day if she liked her job, yes, and what was the best day that she enjoyed and all that. And out of her mouth come this, I hate Sundays the worst. Those church people are the rudest and tip the less. Hit you right between the eyes sometimes. People are watching. We have the responsibility, you see, because we carry the accolades of Christianity, we're held to those standards. Paul was writing to them saying, just because you're a Jew doesn't mean that you get the golden ticket. You don't get the free pass. As a Jew, you should know better, and you're held to that. So, the power of the accolades, that is what it's all about. The power of the accolades that we carry can be the power to lift us up, or it can be the power to condemn. What we preach and what we profess, we need to live out. Let me bow your heads. Father God, I thank you for your word. Father, as Paul wrote, he was writing to those Jews. Father, how boastful they were. Father, with all of their outward expressions, but Lord, you judge the heart. You judge within the person. Father, I pray today that our accolades, Lord, our actions match our heart. And Father, I pray where it doesn't, Lord, that you would convict us in a real way. 
that, Father, we may repent before you, that, Father, we may be able to live according to your word. Father, we're tempted every day. Would you strengthen us? Would you help us? But, Father, may we not rest on the accolades, but, Lord, may we rest on the relationship of knowing you. And Father God, I just pray everything in the precious, most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen.